Chapter Twenty Four of Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall, or Solving the Campus Mystery by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter Twenty Four. Who is the Tattletale? The next day, the whole school were at their books again. The short Thanksgiving recess was ended. It had been just a breathing space for the girls who really were anxious to stand well in their classes at Briarwood Hall. Those who, like some of the uppities, desired nothing so much as fun, complained because the vacation had been so short, and dawdled over their books again. But there was no dawdling in duet two, West Dormitory. Had Helen been inclined to lapse occasionally, or Ruth sunk under the worriment of mind which had borne her down since the day of the skating party on Triton Lake, Mercy Curtis kept the two chums to the mark. No shirking, you young ones, commanded the crippled girl in her sharp way. Remember, the hare would have won the race easily if he hadn't laid down to nap beside the course come some tortoise will beat you in french and latin yet helen if you don't keep to work and go to work at that english composition ruthie remissness you'd both be as lazy as ludlum's dog if it wasn't for me and so she kept them up to the work and kept herself up too there wasn't much time for larking now if one wished to stand well at the end of the term. The teachers watched for shirkers more closely, too. Even Mary Cox and her friends next door showed some signs of industry. Although it does seem as though we are always being worked to death, groaned Heavy, one day to Ruth. I feel as though my constitution was actually breaking down under the strain. I've written to my father that if he wants to see even a shadow of my former self at Christmas, he had better tell Mrs. Tellingham not to force me so. She sighed breezily and looked so hard at the piece of coconut pie beside Ruth's plate, having eaten her own piece already, that Ruth laughed and pushed it toward her. Have it if you like, Heavy, she said. I'm not very hungry. Well, there isn't quite so much of you to nourish, my dear, declared Jenny Stone more briskly. I really do feel the need of an extra piece. Thank you, Ruth. You're a good little thing. Miss Piglet will see you, Ruth, whispered Helen on her other side. She is disgusted with Heavy's piggishness. But Miss Piglet, after all, won't say anything to you. You are her pet. Don't say that, Helen replied Ruth, with some sadness. I am sorry for Miss Piglet. I don't see why you need be. She seems to get along very well, returned her chum. But Ruth could not forget how the little French teacher had looked, how frightened she was, and how tearful. The afternoon when Ruth had told her of the incident aboard the Minnetonka, and of her loss of the mysterious letter sent by the harpist, the little Frenchwoman had begged her not to blame herself for the loss of the letter, 
she had only begged her to say nothing to a soul about either the man or the letter and ruth had kept the secret nearly a fortnight had passed since the occurrence and it lacked not many days to the close of the term when one evening after a meeting of the s b s in their usual room over the dining hall ruth had been delayed a bit and was hurrying out alone so as not to be caught out of the dormitory after the warning bell when old tony foyle hailed her i was a-goin to the west dormitory to ask miss skimp to call ye miss ruthie said the old irishman who like most of the help about the school was fond of a girl from the red mill ye're wanted miss wanted asked ruth in surprise who by the missus wants ye missus tellin him ye to go straight to her study so ya much disturbed for she feared there might be some bad news from home ruth ran to the main building and knocked on mrs tellingham's door at her pleasantly spoken come in the girl entered and found the preceptress at her desk while the old doctor quite as blind and deaf to everything but his own work as usual was bent over his papers at the end of the table but at this hour and in the privacy of the place he had cocked the brown wig over one ear in the most comical way displaying a perfectly bald shiny patch of pate which made his naturally high forehead look fairly enormous nothing to be frightened about miss fielding said mrs tellingham instantly reading aright what she saw in ruth's countenance you needn't be disturbed for i really do not believe you are at fault in this matter which has brought to my notice no mrs tellingham asked ruth curiously i have only a question to ask you have you lost something something that might have been entrusted to you for another person some letter for instance the color flashed into ruth's face she was always thinking about the note the harpist had given her on the steamboat to take to miss picolet she could not hide her trouble from the sharp eyes of mrs tellingham you have lost something i don't know whether i should tell you i don't know that i have the right to tell you ruth stammered mrs tellingham looked at her sharply for a minute or so and then nodded then she said i understand you've been put on your honor not to tell yes mrs tellingham it is not my secret but there is a letter to be recovered yes is this it asked mrs tellingham suddenly thrusting under ruth's eye a very much soiled and crumpled envelope it had been unsealed ruth could see the superscription was to mademoiselle picolet it it looks like it ruth whispered but it was sealed when i had it i do not doubt it said mrs tellingham with a shake of her head but the letter was given to me first and then the envelope the the person who claims to have found it when he dropped it declares it to be open then oh i do not think so cried ruth well enough that i know its contents you do not indeed no mrs tellingham 
I may have been wrong to agree to deliver the letter, but I... I was so sorry for her. I understand. I do not blame you in the least, child, said Mrs. Tellingham shortly. This letter states that the writer expects more money from our Miss Picolet, poor thing. It states that if the money is not forthcoming to an address he gives her before today, today, mind you, is the date, he will come here for it. It is, in short, a threat to make trouble for Miss Picolet, and the person finding this letter when you dropped it has deliberately, I believe, retained it until today before bringing it to me, for the express purpose of letting the scoundrel come here and disturb Miss Picolet's peace of mind. Oh, how mean! gasped Ruth, involuntarily. Mean indeed, Ruth, said the preceptress gravely, and you yourself have experienced some ill-usage from the person who has played spy and informer in this matter since you have come to briarwood hall i understand you know that little can go on about the school that does not reach my ears in one way or another that this same person has called you a tattletale and tried to make your friends among the girls believe you played traitor to them on a certain occasion I have told Miss Cox exactly what I think of her action in this case. And she tapped the letter before her. She has shown plainly, said Mrs. Tellingham with sternness, that she is a most sly and mean-spirited girl. I am sorry that one of the young ladies of Briarwood Hall is possessed of so contemptible a disposition. End of chapter 24